podcast is brought to you by our friends at Organifi. Organifi.com slash muscle to get hooked up with 20% off. Ladies and gents, greens and reds should be part of your day. In my opinion, if you're not taking your greens and reds, there's a slight chance you may not be getting all the nutrients you need. Certainly men, when we speak of taking reds, we're looking at berries, looking at beets and such. Getting enough of those nutrients is very important to optimize for cardiovascular function, ultimately nitric oxide delivery, whether that be for muscle pumps or erectile function. And as far as greens, I just like to take greens because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I know that I'm covering my bases when it comes to all of my vitamins and ultimately tastes pretty darn good as well. And sometimes at night, I throw back one of their Organifi Gold. It comes in three fantastic flavors. It comes in the original, which I strongly suggest. It comes in pumpkin spice. It also comes in chocolate. This is loaded with adaptogen mushrooms and anti-inflammatory spices to just really calm down the nervous system. And, and when I had the owner of Organifi come on the podcast, he said, it's, it's like a mushroom made love to Christmas. And I'm like, that's probably a pretty good description of this. And at less than $2 a serving with our discount, it is an incredibly valuable addition to your team. Ladies and gents, that's Organifi.com slash muscle, a company that was very well known for their greens and now has expanded to reds, golds, proteins, and beyond. Head over to Organifi.com slash muscle. Use the code muscle to get hooked up with 20% off. And now enjoy the show. So what an optimization month might look like is simply taking action on all of these potential levers to get the mitochondria being way more effective at actually using the energy we already have as fuel. If you ever throughout the day feel like, gosh, you know, I just don't have enough energy, something's wrong. Don't assume that you need food or it's not a caffeine deficiency, right? It's like, hey, I need my mitochondria to work more effectively. Think of a child. How many children would ever say, I don't have enough energy, I'm tired? If they do, you can assume their mitochondria is also dysfunctional, right? They're probably metabolically broken also, but not very many kids are that way, we hope. So think that through. So if we, if we were to just look through this, now this is one single lens through which we look at optimization. There's other lenses through which we can look at this optimization. So if you guys were to just put together a month that looked like, hey, I want to optimize my mitochondria, here's some things we could do. Here's the things I'm doing. So the first thing I want to do is I want to eliminate all foods that I know to be not optimal for my mitochondrial function, right? So what would those be? Anything that I know drives up inflammation, out, right? So for me, it's grains, dairy, gluten, which is grains, vegetable oil, corn, soy, alcohol, and sugar. That's a lot of stuff. And if we just look at it through the lens of if I take these things away, maybe my, my mitochondria will be a little bit more effective. Right? I haven't done anything, right? I didn't increase my exercise. I didn't change my diet. I didn't do any of those things. Said, well, maybe I changed my diet a little bit. But I pulled some things out. Then maybe you can make an argument for the, the decrease or the removal of omega-6 fats or polyunsaturated fats. You could probably make a pretty strong argument for decreasing polyunsaturated fats. Right, so polyunsaturated fats is primarily vegetable oil. And believe it or not, it's actually omega-3 fish oils as well are polyunsaturated fats. Sometimes, some people believe they, that will slow down your mitochondria because they're very quick to oxidize. 
So omega-3s, even though there's a lot of data showing that they're very healthy, they can actually also oxidize very very efficiently or very readily. So oxidation is, is, is another type of stress that can ultimately slow down the mitochondrial function. So if you want to improve mitochondrial function, you may consider not consuming fish oils during this month. So this is what I'm doing. That's just things I'm removing. Now let's talk about things we can add in, right? So we can add in sunshine. So every morning, walking for a little bit, right? So the, the place where I'm staying right now, I get to walk 30 to 40 minutes every morning to the gym. That's an awesome thing for me. I wake up a little bit earlier, I get to walk 30 to 40 minutes to the gym, depending on the path I take. And that little bit of movement right there, sun, you know, whether or not the sun is up, that amount of movement is, is encouraging my mitochondria to push more energy through the system. Right? So if you think of the mitochondria as producing 90% of the energy, every time you make a request on the mitochondria, you're asking me to push more energy through the system. It takes the calories that are floating around in your blood and it pushes it through the system. So the mitochondria is becoming more effective. Every single time we put a slight demand on the system, we're asking the mitochondria to do a little more work. Now, short term, that may feel like, you know what, these mitochondria are working really hard. They're taxed. They don't want to do anymore. Long term, if we do it consistently enough, what happens? We either develop more mitochondria or the mitochondria become better at producing energy. So we think about like energy per unit time, right? So if we, if we can produce energy faster, that's more energy per unit time. So that's an effective uh, way to improve mitochondrial function. If I do that on a semi-consistent basis, I just kind of feel better. Do you know my favorite thing to hear from my clients? Like, Ben, I don't know why, but I just feel better. Win. Why is that a win for me? Every time I hear that it's a win, why is it a win? Because if I can make you feel better, the likelihood of you being nicer to your family, being nicer to yourself, being better at your workouts, enjoying your workouts goes up. If you're dragging ass and you don't want to go to the gym, how's your workout going to be? You're going to dread it, right? You're going to, you're going to build up this big psychological barrier. And that's why getting in shape is hard for some people when they start because they build up this big psychological barrier of, God, it's going to be so hard. It's so much energy. I don't have the energy. It's so hard. I need to eat. I want to put in some more calories because I want to have that fuel to go to the gym. It has nothing to do with the fuel you eat, right? It's, it's the fuel that your, your body's able to push through those mitochondria. So this month, my primary focus, or it's one of my primary focuses, is I want to improve how effective my mitochondria are at burning fat, or at burning energy, period. So that's one lens, right? So we talked about walking. We talked about, well, next one could be sunshine. It can be a little bit of high-intensity exercise. It can be saunas and cold plunges. Those are wonderful for mitochondrial function, right? Adding those in at least two to three times a week. So as soon as I'm done my calls tonight, I'm going to head over to the sauna and do a cold plunge, a couple cold plunges. I'm done my calls at 8.30. I'll be at the sauna by 9. I'll be there till 10.30. Home and in bed by 11. I'll sleep like a champ. I can tell you the protocol if you guys want, the sauna and cold plunge protocol. I'll do two to three minutes, depending on how cold the water is, two to five minutes in the cold. And then I'll do 15 to 20 minutes in the sauna. I'll repeat that three times. So it's about an hour. And so I'll get there at nine, done by 10, 10, 30, on by 11. Is it a late night for me? It is. But I know my sleep is so much deeper when I do that. So I'll commit, you know, I'll lose that 30 minutes sleep or whatever, just because I know it's so, so much better sleep. It's better quality rather than more quantity. Okay, so that's just a few things we can do for mitochondrial function. I'll give you a short list of supplements that you guys could consider to improve mitochondrial function. 
So some of the things that I like to use, I mentioned already B vitamins. I always use methylated B vitamins. I'll also use CoQ10. Because I'm over 40, I use CoQ10 in a bit higher dose. It's about 200 milligrams. Not everyone needs CoQ10, but most people who train hard can benefit from it. Not everyone needs CoQ10, but CoQ10 is a really good mitochondrial support molecule because it is part of the, the Krebs cycle. So then I would add in some magnesium as well. I also use something called PQQ. So I don't know what they have, Designs for Health, they don't use theirs. Really, what this boils down to, there's this small subcategory of, of supplements called polyphenols. And if you guys look up the word polyphenol, you'll see things like CoQ10 and resveratrol and blueberries and wine and all these, these different um, olive oil, all these different um, really dense nutrient foods. Like I said, like olive oil and berries and coffee and chocolate loaded with these really, really mitochondrial healthy polyphenols. Now you can get them from food, of course, or you can get them from supplements, both of which are, are very valuable. I prefer to get a mix, right? I like to eat really, really rich polyphenol foods, but I also like to get a good amount of supplements. And uh, it's not a huge number, but it's definitely some. Another supplement that's come across my radar for over the last three months is called NMN, uh, which is a, a precursor to um, a mitochondrial, basically a mitochondrial energy production pathway. So it's worth looking at. NMN is a little expensive. So if you've got disposable income, you'd look at it. If Honestly, if you don't have disposable income, it's not worth it, in my opinion. I haven't seen great benefits. So I do a gram every morning of NMN. Maybe I see a difference, but not not enough to, to like to like ecstatic about. So I do a gram of NMN and I do a gram of resveratrol every morning and just kind of as, a, as an experiment to see if I feel a difference. And the answer is I don't think I do. I feel pretty good every morning anyways, but I didn't see any serious uptick. Other things we could take from mitochondria. I'm sure there's other things, but that's all that comes to mind. Yeah, that's a good start. So first remove the toxic load, remove the toxic burden, then start, which is all the things that are slowing down the mitochondria. And start adding in things that you know can support the the up level. Now, if you guys want to get really intense with the mitochondrial optimization, something I'm personally doing that I'll share with you guys is I'm doing some peptides. I'm, I'm experimenting with some mitochondrial peptides that I think um, are interesting, right? So I guess I could share uh, some of what I'm doing. So there's there's two particular peptides that are known for mitochondrial upregulation. There's actually three. One is called MOTS-C, M-O-T-S-C. And the other one is called Humanin. Those are the two that are, are most highly researched. There's another one called, I don't know if I forget what it is. It's, I, I can all remember it all the time. But the, the, so I'm only using these two of these peptides. And so it's really an experiment to see, does this increase the rate of energy production? And so far, the, the answer is yes, but it seems like it, goes in reverse when I stop. It feels like when I do it, I get a good bump in like energy production. I feel like I'm like a drink a cup of coffee. Um, and when I stop, it feels like it's almost slowed down. So, so far, I would not recommend these peptides. Although I'm, I'm just doing some self-experimentation. Another thing I'm personally doing for uh, this mitochondrial experiment that I'm running is I'm consuming something called deuterium-depleted water. Is anyone familiar with deuterium? Deuterium depleted water. Okay. I won't give you the explanation, the long explanation. I'll give you the short explanation. So we're all familiar with, with the chemical composition of water being H2O, high, two hydrogen and one oxygen. 
And hydrogen is this singular atom molecule, right? It's got a single atom. And so it's the smallest known atom in, in the known universe. And deuterium is an isotope of hydrogen, but it's a heavy isotope, meaning it's got two atoms. It's got an additional, I think, neutron. Um, so it, it's actually twice the molecular weight of hydrogen. It's been suggested, it's been proven that we have about 150 parts per million of this deuterium in our bodies, in our food that we consume. And they've also shown that the higher deuterium goes, the closer you go to aging, uh, death, illness, and, and ultimately disease. So if you can deplete your deuterium, it's been suggested that you can potentially stave off some illnesses that are, that are metabolic illnesses, specifically around the mitochondria. So I've been experimenting with that a little bit lately. And uh, I'm also doing a deuterium, deuterium depletion diet, which is really just a diet high in meat and low in everything else. And I, th I think it's pretty significant. So my desire for food is less, like my appetite is absolutely less. And uh, my, my coffee consumption is basically zero or almost zero, uh, maybe one cup a day, maybe not even. Um, so, you know, not, I don't feel like I ever need it. Sometimes I drink because I enjoy it. So my energy levels are definitely changed. Uh, again, do I know exactly which one of it, which one of these things it is? No, but I'm giving you guys these things in order of priority based on uh, you guys can decide, or I should say, or in order of, of yeah, in order of priority. Do do the first things first, right? Remove the toxins, do the daily lifestyle principles, then you can start eventually looking for these other biohacking type things. A few other things you can look at for mitochondrial optimization is, is uh, infrared light. You guys have access to like a juve or any type of red light. You could also look at a pulse electromagnetic frequency, a pulse EMF mat or pad. All those are really useful for increasing mitochondrial uh, effectiveness, which is ultimately just energy production. I think I've just given you guys a lot there. If you guys just took some time over the next 30 days and put a little bit of thought and maybe a little bit of attention and energy into, okay, what can I do to optimize my mitochondria? If you did that and, 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 and developed a deeper understanding of when I do this, I feel that, right? We're trying to develop a greater kind of intuitive sense into what our body is responding to because I'm giving you a lot of different potential levers. You may only need one or two to really make a difference. I'll give you guys an example. In 2016, I was, 2016 was my last year competing in the FBB. I decided that I was going to uh, do a DNA test. So I looked at my DNA and it said, I'm highly deficient in magnesium and riboflap, the, the B vitamin riboflap. And I was like, cool, let's supplement with riboflap and magnesium. It was like somebody turned the lights on for the first time in my life. I was like, what the, f like, have I been missing this my whole life? I just felt like somebody's like, turn on my brain energy, turn on my body. It's like, I've never felt this good in my life. From two vitamins. Who's heard of riboflavin? Anybody? <laughs> Some guy, yeah, I've heard of it. Not really. I don't know what the hell it does. I didn't know what the hell it did either. And I would have never known if I hadn't done my DNA, right? So my body was deficient. I mean, I may have done, if I've done some functional medicine testing, I would have seen it also. But my body tends to burn through riboflavin very quickly, tends to burn through magnesium very quickly. So if I don't constantly supplement with those two, I'll be deficient in all lack energy. Two simple things for me may not be for you. I made an enormous difference to my daily energy. Like, and I'm, I'm talking not a small difference. Like, 
I honestly thought it was just a, it was like I was taking a drug because it was crazy the difference I made. So like there's probably one, two or three things that you guys can implement right now that if you experiment with a couple of these, you start to see the potential array of levers you can pull. You can see an enormous difference. And now some of you guys may not, like I was the end of my bodybuilding career. Obviously, I didn't complain about energy during my bodybuilding career. Probably pretty good in general. But with this new addition, it was like, what the hell? Like, it's so incredible how different it was. So worth considering, worth looking at all the potential levers. And if you guys really want to be objective with it, do some functional medicine testing or do your DNA. DNA costs 100 bucks. They'll send you a kit. You do a little swab in your mouth, send it back five days later, you've got your DNA report. And they'll tell you all the things you're deficient in, uh, or maybe not all, depending which which report you do. Different companies have different reports. So some of the big levers, guys, that like sometimes when I say stuff, I'd like gloss over it. It's like, ah, oh, it didn't seem that important. You didn't place any emphasis on it. Nature and so I have I have a recent, you know, maybe five, seven years, call that's relatively recent awareness of how simply vital our environment is. So if you guys are if some of you guys are new, you wouldn't know my six pillars of a lean, healthy, and muscular body, right? So this is this is maybe the most important framework you'll ever learn in your life, I think. So there's only six things that you can do to the body. There's only six ways that you can uh, interact with the internal system, right? So the way you look on the outside, even the way you feel on the inside, is this combination of like this internal biochemistry that's going, this internal soup, all these combinations of hormones and enzymes and, and neurotransmitters that's, that's existing in your body. And there's really only six things that you can do to influence it. And so when I kind of I came up with this myself, I was like, well, if there's only six things we can do, that completely changes the this, the nature of things. So like, okay, I can because if you guys think of like health in general, you're like, God, there's a million things I don't know what to focus on. In reality, it's not. There's only six points of intervention with your body, and, and so within each point, there can be a vast array of things. But within each, there's only six things. So it's how you move. So it's movement, nutrition. So how you eat, how you move, how you breathe, how you think how you sleep, and the environment in which you do them. Those are the only like interventions you have in the body. And the, and the environment encompasses air, light, EMF, and people, right? So that's a pretty wide spectrum, but you got to pay attention to the things around you. So the five of them are kind of like what I do to my body, right? So it's, it's eat, move, think, sleep, and breathe. And the sixth one is the environment. And so if you, if you look through the lens of, well, all of those are potentially very impactful stimuli or signals, but they're all only signals. So how many of you coming into this coaching believe that nutrition was your most important thing you need to change? Yeah. Well, I can tell you with almost 100% certainty, 90 to 95% of people I work with, nutrition is not the most important thing. For them. Do you know why? Because the reason people miseat is is not because of the food itself. It's because of what's happening on the inside of their body. It's their, it's their response to a physiological state, right? So most people are, are eating as a behavior, right? So if, for example, if I feel anxious, I eat. If I feel tired, I eat. If I feel afraid, I drink. Maybe I drink alcohol or I take drugs. Like I'm always looking for these things outside of myself. So food isn't necessarily the problem, right? It's learning how to control this internal state. And so there's more things than just food that influence the internal state. So all of these things could potentially influence them equally, or some of them actually are more significant than others. But it depends on which one you need for yourself. So an example, do you guys know that light by far 
is the single biggest influence on human biology, like not food, not even movement. I would put movement above food for sure. That's my, my again, it's hard to subject, it's hard to, to objectively measure that. But as far as our ability to influence the physiological state, I would put movement above food. Maybe not, some people. Um, but light is by far the biggest one. And how many people consider light in their like optimization routine? Not very many, right? Yeah, Johnny does, but not very many. And how about air and water? Would air and water have a greater influence on your system than food? Are you ubiquitously breathing air? If you're breathing a toxic air, you think that's going to negatively impact your system? Better believe it. How about if you're drinking toxic water? Better believe it because you're consuming more of that than food, right? So when you start breaking it down in a new way, this is one of the biggest beliefs that I have to break with people. I'm like, your nutrition is definitely a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the biggest piece of the puzzle. It's definitely a piece for sure. But if we can optimize everything else, your nutrition becomes so much easier. Like I was saying to you guys at the beginning of this call, I was like, just optimizing my mitochondria, my hunger signals are effectively gone. I never lack energy. I never lack, I never really feel hungry. My body always kind of feels like I, I can feel hunger, but I don't have an urge to eat. If that makes sense. So some people have this like, I get a little hungry and have to eat now. I get hangry, right? Because my body lacks energy. My blood sugar starts to dip. For me, my body goes, no, I'm just going to start putting all this fat you got here. Just, you're good. So I don't ever feel any of these like energy fluctuations. So I don't, I don't feel like my nutrition is an urgency. I don't feel like it's, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I'll eat when, what my body needs. That's a, that's a flip for a lot of people, right? So the way I think about this, guys, like if you just look at food as a signal, just like movement is a signal, just like breathing is a signal, just like light is a signal, the way you look now on the outside is simply a, a combination of all these signals, right? All the signals that you've subjected your body to up to this point in your life has determined the way you look and feel right now. If you want to change the way you look and feel right now, you have to first become aware of the signals that you're putting in. So awareness is the step one to all change, first step to all change. And then I have to be intentional about what I change. And that's kind of what we do as coaches, right? We're looking for all these different potential interventions that can support you guys in feeling better first so that you can look better second, right? So we say, look better, sorry, feel better, perform better, look better, right? So the first lever that we're looking to pull is you got to feel better, man. We want you to feel great, right? So if you're not feeling great, ask, let us know. We can support you on it, right? And then the second step is feeling better leads to better performance. If you guys are seeing that progression, like, yeah, I feel better, yeah, you know, I think my performance is a little better. Now, now, that goes into a lot of different levers, doesn't it? I can feel better and not necessarily perform better, right? Because just because I have more energy doesn't necessarily mean I get better output out of my workouts because my, my effectiveness in my workouts may not be great. If I just go in there and I think, if I'm just going to go hard today, does that make my workouts more effective? Maybe a little bit. But ultimately, we want there's multiple levels of optimization within the workout itself, within the performance itself. So first is I want to feel better, and then I want to perform better, and we can go down the checklist of all the things that that looks like. It's quality score, it's quantity score, and then the final one, then the result of feeling better, performing better, is now I look better. So I want you guys to think it, think through it that way, rather than going, I need to diet the fat off, or I need to starve the fat off, or I need to do hours and hours of cardio. Simply build it in your mind as like, first, I want to feel great, right? What can I, what should I and can I be doing every day to feel great? That, that really drives decisions, right? If you're going to stay up till two in the morning drinking whatever, whatever you guys would drink, 
chances are you know that's not going to pass through the lens of I'm going to feel better when I wake up. Right? So maybe the first lens is I just want to feel great. Right? I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get sunshine. I'm going to be outside in nature. I'm going to breathe fresh air. I'm going to move my body. What makes me feel great? Now, that there's some asterisks there, right? Alcohol makes me feel great. Drugs make me feel great. Pizza makes me feel great temporarily. We don't want to feel good temporarily. So there's, there's a difference between feeling good transiently from external instant gratification versus feeling good because of internal uh, interventions, right? So we have external um, influences and we have internal influences. So what are internal influences, right? So if I'm, if I'm feeling stressed, anxious, depressed, fearful, I can reach for something outside of myself. I can reach for the drugs, the alcohol, the food, the social media, the pornography. Those things can make me feel better temporarily because I get a little dopamine hit, right? Whereas if I do the things that I know are good for me on the inside, the breath work, the meditation, the exercise, the cold exposures, the things that are actually building up my body's resilience and my body's internal dopamine system, I'll feel better because of that. Does that make sense? So instead of going for instant gratification, which we're all looking for some quick fix, food, et cetera, we want to look for the things that are more like internal coping strategies rather than external coping strategies. And just build a habit, man. This is, and if anyone has kids, this is the greatest thing you can teach your kids from the time they're babies. You don't teach them to, to soothe themselves with food or soothe themselves with TV or anything. Teach themselves to soothe themselves with breathing. Like if you feel some emotion, let's, let's just sit down and let's meditate together. Or right, let's go enjoy some sun. Let's go and just relax in nature. Nature is such a healer, right? So if you guys want to ultimately optimize your life, you want to optimize it through choosing internal coping strategies, constructive coping strategies. And here's the crazy thing, right, guys? If you ever have a day where you're feeling down, you're feeling sad, you're feeling lonely, you're feeling depressed, first thing you should do, change your physiological state, right? Go for a walk. Go in nature. And like, just don't, I mean, you, you can't think your way out of, out of a bad mood, right? But you may be able to move your way out of a bad mood. Just change your physiology. And the worse you feel, the harder you move, right? In a calm and thankful way. I think we all have moments. Just move through it, right? Move through it. When you're in the eye of the storm, keep going. Thanks for listening to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. For full episode guides with important takeaways and bonus resources, head over to muscleintelligence.com slash learn. If you enjoy the show and find value in the content, please subscribe, share this podcast with at least one person you know and love who would benefit from this content. Leave us a review and support our sponsors. You can see the full list of show sponsors, discounts, and get exclusive Muscle Intelligence deals at muscleintelligence.com slash resources. To join our private community and get VIP access to my masterclasses, upcoming muscle camps, and other resources that we don't post anywhere else, head to muscleintelligence.com slash community. Most of all, thank you very much for your trust, for your time, and most importantly, for supporting health and fitness in this world. Enjoy your day. and I look forward to seeing you here next week. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. 
This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.